Okay, so we've all heard about real estate flipping, but what if we could take that same principle and put it towards land? I'm joined by Daniel Apke this week, and he tells us all about his really cool strategy for land flipping. Check it out. This is the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, the show that highlights Saskatchewan real estate. Looking to buy your first house, your next investment property? Subscribe to never miss an episode. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Welcome back to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Caroni, and joined from Tampa, Florida, Daniel Apke. And today we're talking about land flipping. And I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because, of course, Saskatchewan has a lot of land. And I think there's going to be a lot of similarities in, in what you can help the audience out with, Daniel. So first off, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Super excited to be here. Give us a little background on uh, on land flipping, Daniel, and kind of how you got into this space. Yeah, so my background was actually online businesses. I started with traditional like online drop shipping and Kindle publishing. I don't know if anyone's heard heard of that out there, but just different ways to make money online. Um, I had a nine to five job and I was just kind of doing my side hustle thing at the time, looking for the quickest way to get out of my nine to five. So I got into online businesses. And then um, along with that, I got into real estate. Um, and one of my friends who was also doing drop shipping was actually, um, flipping land on the side. And he said it fit his portfolio because he, he was also an online business guy. So he never actually went to the properties. He used his local resources and realtors and drones and all that to get the pictures of the property. So it really fit my portfolio at the time. So I dove into it hundred percent by kind of using him and working with him a little bit for his guidance. Um, but anyways, land flipping in general, it's, it's a process where we send out targeted mailers, right? So these mailers have a price on it and it's very, very data driven. So we pretty much have a retail price of what we think the property is, and we'll send a percentage of that to the landowner. So we pull usually between two to 5,000 pieces of mail at a time. We price those mailers, send it out through a mailer service. Two weeks later, they, they get the mail saying, Hey, this is Daniel with uh, AppKey land. We're interested in buying your property has the legal description, gives a brief background on what we do. And then the second page is actually the purchase agreement. So a spot for them to fill out their name, sign, and execute the agreement to get it started with, with title. Um, so about two weeks after we send that mail, we get calls back, um, purchase agreements back, and that's really where the negotiation starts. And so how do you come up with those prices for the property, Daniel? So we pull data a lot on Redfin, Zillow. Um, we'll actually scrape the we different websites and scrape information off and then come up with what we think the retail price is. And then after we get that, we send it to another guy who kind of, we call it test for reason. And he looks at the area and kind of goes through individual properties. He'll take like 10 properties out of the list, go through them just to say, Hey, if we get this property back, are we going to like the price? Are we going to be able to make money? Uh, it doesn't make sense. So it's kind of like a checks and balances there. And we're not always perfect. I mean, we've priced mailers where we're way too low and we don't get anything back and vice versa. We've priced properties where we're way too high. And we're like, how did we ever price this? Like we, there's no room to make money. So it's really a lot of experience and time. And, and the course we have kind of walks people through that as well on how to, cause that's the most important part of this process is pricing. And so you get contacted by the people who receive your mailers. Uh, how does that conversation generally go? Or is it just they, they send that purchase agreement back and then there's a little discussion more about the price and how this will go through? Just walk us through that process. Yeah. So a lot of times they'll call back. I have a full-time answering service 24-7 because um, we offer 
people's land for about usually 40, 30 to 45% of what it's worth. Um, and we'll get into those reasons of why they'd want to sell under market later, but they call back. So a lot of the calls we get are hate calls. They're people who aren't interested in selling. They want to know how we got their information. Keep in mind, we're in rural America where I'm sending out this mail. So a lot of people are very like pride. I mean, landowners in general have pride in their land and they call, they say, where do you get the information? Um, how'd you get my privacy information? It's all public records though. And it's all legal stuff we're doing. Um, but so I'd say about 60% of the calls are hate calls where they don't want to sell. Um, probably about 30% they're considering it. Maybe they just want to see what, if they can get a better offer, they're kind of feeling it out. And then a certain, usually one to 2% of the people actually want to sell their properties and they'll call and they'll either ask, how's the process work? Um, a lot of times they're a little skeptical because they got a letter. They don't want to get scammed or anything. So we just walk them through that. Um, and we work with all local titled companies as well and attorneys. So we can refer them to the attorney if they have questions about how the process works or if they're skeptical. Um, cause we want to make sure they're covered and you know, nothing happens to us and them. So we always use a third party title company with everything you do. Um, but another big part of it is negotiation. So someone calls back, say we offered $50,000 for the mail. Um, and we think we can probably sell it for 110 or 120,000. They call back, they want, you know, 70 or $80,000. Um, so we have a whole negotiation process with, with this piece of, um, the business. And that's really just, we have a full-time salesperson who works in that department. Do you have ratios that you need to meet or that, that make it a profitable business for you to go through this process, Daniel? Are, are you kind of aiming for a, like a 60% or, or what, are, what are the ratios that make it work for you on, on the appraised value of the land? Yeah. So we, that's the thing. The appraised value is the counties appraise the value and it depends where you are. The counties appraise the value of usually like a third of what it's worth in certain parts that we're in. So it will be like, we, we've sold properties that were county appraised for $25,000. We've sold them for over a hundred thousand before, just because how inaccurate it's hard to price land. And that's why this business model is so sustainable. Um, but we, on every deal we did last year, besides, I think a handful, we over doubled our money. Um, but that being said, we don't need to double our money. I mean, there's so much room for error in this business model. It cost us about um, 55 cents to send out the mail. So if we send out 100,000 mailers throughout the year, uh, it's going to be around $55,000 or so. But the that, there's no real cost to this business besides that mail. I mean, we're buying the property, so there's closing costs associated with it. But our average property we bought last year was around 20,000 and our average sale was around 45,000. It's just, it's an extremely profitable business model. So once you get possession of the property, Daniel, how long are you typically holding it? What does the process look like when you take possession to when you're then turning around and selling it? Yeah. Great question. It's, we calculated this the other day because um, we're hiring another salesman. So they wanted to ask like when they're going to get paid because they're going to see the whole process through. It's about um, 60 days on average from when we get it under contract, so before we technically buy it, when we get it under contract with the seller to when we get the money wired to us, it's about 60 days average. But a lot of the properties we sell, we'll put on the market. So we put it on the market the day we close, always. We have the pictures ready. We have everything ready to go. Turning your money in this business is very important and turning it fast. So we get everything ready to go, post it up. I'd say about 50% of our properties sell within two to three business days or just two to three days in general. And then we have one that's sitting like 
right now. I think it's been on for about five months, but we knew it's going to be on a long time because it's. I think it's a commercial property and there's a small niche for the buyers in that market. And we knew that going in, um, but the margin still makes sense to do it. But so in total, it sits about two to three weeks on the market average, um, but we have about half of them sell within the first couple of days. And then we have a few that kind of string that process out that we're, we're usually prepared for. So you started this off being more uh, on a residential side, Daniel, and we're, we've kind of moved into land. I wonder if you could maybe give us uh, an idea of why someone might look at flipping land versus a house. Yeah. So I, I still do rental properties and I still, I'm actually in the process of rehabbing a rental property in Cincinnati right now as well. Um, there's a lot of reasons rental properties and traditional real estate are very beneficial. The reason I stay in traditional real estate, in my rentals is the long-term wealth. I mean, is just incredible with the equity you get the cash flow. Um, the cash flow is not great, but it can be great, but it takes a little bit longer to sustain and replace your full-time income a lot of times. So that would be kind of a con, I'd guess. Um, the loan pay down. So the, just the overall long-term wealth of traditional real estate. And it's in general, it's very stable and sustainable if you do it correctly. So that's kind of like my safety. I always look at it um, like my long-term retirement plans, things like that. It's just really safe to me, my long-term rentals. And then the biggest thing why I stay in traditional real estate is the tax benefits. And the US, I don't know, I'm not as familiar with Canadian laws, but in the US, we get depreciation off of them and we get a um, bonus depreciation. So, I mean, if you're doing it correctly, a lot of people hate me for saying this, but you won't need to pay uh, taxes if you do it correctly. Right. Um, but going to some of the cons, like I said, for traditional real estate, why I wanted to get into land was because I wanted to make a great full-time income off of it. And it's just harder in traditional real estate, especially at first to really get a really good full-time income. Um, so the earning potentials in land flipping are very, very high. It took me about six months to get, it's my brother and I are both partners in this business. It took us six months to pay for both of our incomes. Very, I mean, it was a nice, nice income, but we're able to pay off of that. Um, the biggest thing I'd say for land flipping is it is very low upfront cost compared to traditional real estate. And I know there's so many different ways to acquire real estate properties and using other people's monies and money and stuff. But the only thing you need to pay for in land investing is the upfront mail. That's really the only cost you have. And then any other software or whatever, but we have systems and partners and um, investors who work with us and fund all of our students deal. They fund our deals a lot of times. So they'll actually front a hundred percent of our properties. And then there would be some sort of profit split. So it's not like you need to think, oh, if I buy a $50,000 property, how am I going to pay for it? It's more like, how am I going to pay for five to $10,000 worth of mail to get those properties? You have a good property, we'll find money for it. It's not, it's not a problem at all. So from that side, Dan, I'd like to just quickly go back. We're, we're, we're talking about residential real estate and all the benefits of holding it long-term, making that long-term cash flow. Is there a reason why we wouldn't do the same thing with the land? Why not rent the land? Or is there, is there a deeper meaning of why we wouldn't long-term hold land as well? Yeah, we, we have done that. Um, it's just, you can, so what people do, you lease the land. Um, you can lease the land to farmers, you can lease the land to hunters, things like that. And we've messed around with it a little bit for the kind of return you're getting. It doesn't really at this point of time in the market in the U S it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's, it's a hassle. Um, 
especially when you're like the lease is a couple hundred bucks a month or whatever on a small piece of land. It's just a hassle to collect. You got to deal with all the management stuff you deal with in real estate, except the returns are less lower than a lot of traditional real estate in that aspect. So it just didn't make sense for us. And there's also no depreciation on it. So you're paying tax on it every year. There's just, it, the returns were much, much smaller to do that than to flip it. And so uh, kind of shifting back to what you were talking about from the financing side. So all of that money is coming from uh, private lenders, banks, uh, who, who, who's doing the financing on this side? So we have a big network of people we work with um, that have done uh, most of them have done land flipping in their life and they're just to a point where either they don't want to do it anymore or they're funding enough deals that it supports their lifestyle. So they know that the great thing about this is they know the business model. You don't need to explain to a bank what you're doing or why it's sustainable because it's a small industry. It's not very competitive and a lot of people don't know about it. So by using people who have done the business and know the business model, they're not going to, you don't need to go through such a formal application process, Right. You just kind of send them. I mean, it's a little more than I'm saying, but you send them the details of the property, what you think it's going to sell for. And then the it's up to the funders to do their due diligence to accept or decline it. Um, but yeah, so most of our investors we work with have a lot of experience in the land flipping world. So they're very, very accustomed to the way it works. And so if someone had money and they were looking to do this on their own, would it be that they would just be self-funding these deals? and then turning that profit and keeping it for themselves if they didn't have, or if they had the cash situation to do so? Yes. That's what we did at first as well. Um, you're always going to run out of money eventually if you do it correctly though, because you're going to scale in your, we call it your deal flow. Your deal flow is going to get packed on all sides, right? So you're going to have a lot you're buying, a lot in the middle that's for sale and a lot you're selling. And you want all sides of those very balanced out. But as you grow the purchasing side up, there's going to be a um, excess purchasing power right here. And then on the other side, you're not going to be selling as much because you're scaling your business up, right? So it has to start at the front end. So you're really have to wait to close all those properties. There's just always going to be times where you run out of money. And even my brother and myself for our business, I mean, we fund a ton of people's deals, but we also have times where we need the funding just because we're growing our business and you, you do run out of money. Awesome. Um, last word to you, Daniel, kind of uh, just uh, wrapping this up here. Why would someone, why should someone get in land flipping and some of the benefits that you're seeing here? So if, if you're looking to replace your full-time income, I think it's one of the best places to start. If you're interested in real estate, you don't know where to get started. I was in a similar situation. It was hard to get my feet in the door with real estate. Or if you just want to diversify your portfolio, it's, it's a really good place to get started. Sustainable. There's a lot of money involved in it. And I personally think it's a lot of fun as well. Awesome. Before we get to the contact info, I'd like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast, if you could go back and give a younger version of Daniel some advice, what would that advice be? I'd say if you know what you want to do, get started on it right away. I've personally been in situations where I've waited a long time and I know in the back of my head that I've wanted to be in real estate and I just kept waiting until you know the time is right. But I think majority of the time when it's right is right now. So I just say, jump into what you want to do and what your passions are. Time in the market is more important than timing the market. Exactly. Awesome. Let's get some contact information. How can people get a hold of you? And you do teach some of this land flipping, Daniel. Can you give us a little bit more information on that? 
Yeah. So we have a course, an education course that walks you through the whole process from start to finish, anything from starting your business, setting up your business entity, all that stuff to the actual how to send mail and get these properties under contract and sell it. The whole process of it is on landinvestingonline.com. And if you're listening to this and you don't know if you want to start, you just kind of want to feel it out, check out our website. We even have a free discord um, with tons of investors in it. And you can go and network and ask questions and really feel out our discord. Um, other than that, if you have any personal questions, my email is daniel at landinvestingonline.com. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Awesome. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on and exploring this topic of land investing. I found that very fascinating. And, you know, in Canada, we do have a lot of land and a very low population. So, you know, it, it might be something that a lot of people might find uh, interesting. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you, you reaching out and coming on the show today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ron. Thanks again for checking out this episode. If you found it informative, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're looking for more content on Saskatchewan real estate, please feel free to check out my social channels. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Bye for now.